Okay, so you have in the Parsha um, the famous event of Vayikach Yosef Eshneim is Ephraim Yiminoi Yismoil Yisroel is Menashe Bismoni Min Yisroel Vayageshevo. So he brought Ephraim um, Menashe to Yaakov Vayishloch Yisroel Yiminoi Vayoshes Al Roish Ephraim. Yaakov sends out his right hand on Ephraim said Who art so here? And he put his left hand in the head of Menashe. He, um, the way they translate it with intelligence, he switched around his hands. Because Menashe is the Bechor. Then it says, And then he gave a brocha to the boys. So, I want to share with you a, a, a shtickle from the day of Ahadibur, from Zalm Sarotskin. And um, he asked the several obvious questions over here. That what is the pshat over here? Where you always give the bracha of the right hand to the bachor. Tachlis of a bracha is to to change things that are going bad to make them go good. So if it looks like Menashe is not going to turn out as good as Ephraim. Maybe if you give him the right bracha, things will turn out better. Why you see uh, what's the pshat he gives? And it says, What does that mean? He, he switches because Menachem is the Bechor. That's why he switched it. He switched it despite the fact that Menachem is the Bechor. What is the Pshat that because Menachem was the Bechor? So um, it is also a Shiloh that. When, when Yosef says to Yaakov, you got it wrong, he's the Bechoyer. So Yaakov says, um, Yodati b'ni Yodati. And so the Medrash, the Medrash, it says, Yodati, what's that? Two, two to show this, Yodati b'ni Yodati. Yodati maise ruvi mebila u maise hud betoma. What he's saying is, I know my son, I know what happened with Reuven and Bila, and I know what happened with Yehuda and Tomah. What, what does that have to do with anything? And in the, in the Zoyar, it says, Yodati b'ni, shaloi pogamta b'rischa b'maisim b'potifer. So what is this Yodati b'ni Yodati has to do with Yosef's maisim b'potifer and Reuven and Yehuda? The whole thing is a shtickle mysterious. So Zalman Sevoshkin says, the Tadris Hakdoma. He says um, there's a there's an Alta Hakira in Yiddishkeit. There are those that say that the best Eitzah is to just shield yourself from everything, live in your Daladamas, commune with God, and just stay you know uh, insulated from society from the world. You don't want to deal with all the challenges. Once you're going to deal with the challenges, even if you uh, persevere, but you're going to be affected, and uh, things are going to rub off on you, and if you try to be the kind of people, you're going to be exposed to certain, you know, uh, all sorts of different nuances. So he says, you know, it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea to show more. It's not a good idea to... Uh, to, to do this, you know, you got to keep to yourselves, you got to keep in your Daladamas, you know, you want to go out and fight with people, you, you know, you can't you can't avoid being affected by it. So, AIDS is just avoid, don't look at the things, don't try to declare Hakidus about life, and don't try to be Makara people too much because 
Well, this is going to lead to problems. And there's other people that will say, so what are you talking about? That's not what Hashem wants, right? Um, a created the Yetzer Atoyv and a Yetzer Zan. He wants us to fight the battle, right? You got to fight the battle. And uh, what are you going to sit and cloister in your house while people are going off the derech and people are struggling and people are having problems? You got to go out there to the world and you got to deal with it. And if you're going to have problems, so the Gemara gives us, so, you know, you you got challenges, you have Torah, you learn Torah, fight the battle. So these are two basic mahalchim that people have in their avoida. And, you know, some people prefer one, some people prefer the other. Which is the right mahalach? That's a challenge. It's not so possible. Right? Mora brings down Rabbi Hanin and Rabbi Yonason were going down the road. They came to a crossroads. One road crossed the, the, the opening of a church and one road went by the base Hazoinus. So one said to his friend, let's go by the church, right? Um, so we won't have to arouse a Yetzirah. But I said, no, let's go by the base Hazoinus so we'll squelch a Yetzirah, right? So eventually they went by the base Hazoinus. Now, you have to understand why they did that. The Chor de Gemara says, if you have a choice which way to go, and you go in the road where you're going to have uh, a Yetzir Hora, so what you call the Russia. So, we'll have to get back to that. But you see that they, they dealt with this something. They dealt with this challenge. So, um, sometimes you have a person, and this is the story of Yosef. Yosef is living with his father, Ya- Yaakov gave over to Yosef all of his Torah, the Torah he learned from Shem the Aver. Yosef was his Ben Chakim Huloi, right? Yosef is living with Yaakov, he's Chavrusas with Yaakov, he's going, he's steiging, he's going. And then one day, he's got to leave his house. And the next thing he knows, he's being sold to the Trion. And he's got to deal with Aisha's Poitifar. And he, he manages to get past that ordeal, and he's thrown into jail, and he's there with all the... Uh, all the murderers, all the, all the other Rishon. And after 12 years, he gets out of jail. Now he's got to deal with the Nisoyen of being, uh, being in the base paro. And he's got to, he's got to learn 70 languages and be exposed to all the Chachmas of the Goyim. And he's got to deal with all the kings and all the, and all the money. And he's got to deal with all the women in the I'm looking at him. So Yosef is saying, I wish I was back home. I wish, uh, you know, so to Yosef, he was in a much higher Madrega when he was, uh, cloistered in the house of Yaakov Avinu, and he sees himself now as fighting this battle and dealing with the Yetzirah in constant battles. So he sees himself as, when I was younger, I was a much greater person. So Menashe was born to a greater father than Ephraim, because his father was not a greater level, because the longer I've been in Mitzrayim, the more I've dealt with this garbage, the worse I am. Yaakov Avinu had the exact same experience as Yosef. Yaakov Avinu was Ishtov Yosef by Holland. He sat and learned in the house of Sheva Eber for 20 years, for 14 years, didn't sleep. And then he ends up in the house of Lothan, and he's got to deal with all this Meshikas and all this problems. He's got to deal with Lothan, this conniving person who cheated him every step of the way. He's got to fight the battle, and he's got to deal with everything. And so Yaakov can say, you know... Uh, my first years of life till I came to love him were my best years, right? 
Ruvain was Rashi's Oyim. The first time he saw he saw Zera was with, with Ruvain. Right? He was at Tzadik Yisraelim. But now he's got to deal with love. And now he's got to deal with Ace. He's got to deal with Dina. To deal with all the challenges in life. So Yaakov could look at it like say, oh boy, this is the pits. But instead, Yaakov realizes these were the greatest years of my life. He tells the Ace of the Glove and Garti, that's my greatness. My greatness was that I, I faced the trials and I rose to the occasion and I withstood my Yetzir Horeb. So, Shigelis Yodaki Menasha Bechoyer, he says, Menasha is the Bechoyer, and he was younger. You know, he, he, was, he was born and you were not as great a person yet. Right? Because he was your Bechor, you had not yet achieved the greatest level you achieved when you gave birth, when you had Ephraim. So to Yaakov Avinu, the greater son is Ephraim because he was born to a father who was at a much higher level. To Yosef, Menashe was born to a father at a higher level because he was closer to the good old days. And so this is the battle that, so Yaakov says to Yodati Bili Yodati, I know Ruvay was Nikshal with Bila, and Yehuda was Nikshal with Tomer, and you were Miskaber, right? That means you were a greater person later on in life, but they, in my early years, they were still Nikshal. So you see that you have a level of greatness. So this is the, the Yisoyed Advarim. Now, Talmud Sarot goes on to say that Pishtensach, we daven every day out to the Yenu, Holy Day Yisoyim, Holy Day Yisoyim. So we don't go out and look for Nisoyimus. We don't go to places where we can have Nisoyimus. But when your life presents you with Nisoyimus and you are Miskaber, that's the greater person. person that faces the challenges and the vicissitudes of life and perseveres. That's greatness. Yosef dealt with Asia's Patifa and, and he persevered. That's greatness. That's not, oh, you know, I had to do with the Yetzirah, so it's knocking me down. Fakert, those are the great moments in life. You have to realize and That's the moments of godless. So this is one way that uh, you can explain the difference between Yaakov and Yosef and how they understood um, what it was. But there's another Mahalach. That's Neither, we don't say that one is more right than the other. It's just a different approach. Right, right. It's a different approach. Yeah. It's not the most metric Right, right. Absolutely <coughs> not. Can't be. Now, there's another Mahalach I saw brought down in the Mishra Shemen from Kaufman. And he brings down, based on the Divra Yecheskel in the Parsha, that... Um, the Machloikas was a different Machloikas. We know there's a cloud of Surmei Rabba Seitoid, right? In fact, the Seif at the hill and starts off, right? Ashri Yodem Hashem Leholach Mdeir Roshoyim, Moishev Leitzvah Yoshev, then Vitaris Hashem Chetzoid. So the Chayra, everyone knows Surmei Rabba Seitoid. But there seems to be a Shiloh in the Surmei Rabba Seitoid is the Sur Meira the first step and then the Yasei Toiv, or is Sur Meira accomplished through the Yasei Toiv? There's two ways to look at it. So, um, Yosef named his first son Menashe, Kinashani Yolakimikolamoli. That sounds like more like Sur Meira. Hashem removed me from all the difficulties. Ephraim was Kifrani Yolakim Eretzani, Loshna, Piria Verivia, Loshna, being. being uh, fruitful in mitzvahs. So Yosef felt that the Sur Meirah comes before the Asetoy. 
And so Menashe's the Bechoy represents a Madrega of Sur Meira. Ephraim is a Madrega of Asetoiv. Menashe is the Bechoy. Yaakovinu held name. Yaakovinu held that that may be the absolute positive way to, to live your life. But not everybody is holding by that kind of a madrega. I really was safe with the book in the morning because the Hoyere named it. It deals with this mirrors of the ear and guarding your eyes. But it talks a lot about what happens if you fail. Right? And uh, so the idea is he says that if you're fighting a battle and you fall, imagine if you were in a war. And, uh, you know, the soldiers are fighting on the battlefield and the soldier gets hit and gets killed. Now's not the time for the general to sit on the floor mourning and making a hesped for the guy that died, right? You keep on fighting. You don't stop and get subrochen over uh, a loss that you suffered or you'll lose the war, right? It's not shaya. The same thing, you fight the Yetzirah, you got to keep on doing what you're doing. You can't stop. And, and be moaned, you have to put aside the time. We have a Yom Kippur, we have times. You can you sit down and deal with your Averis and be Mishcharet and do tshuva. But life is a battle, you've got to keep on fighting. So Yaakov says, if you're going to stop and do Sur Meira, instead of Asay Toiv, you're going to wallow in hate and you're going to you destroy yourself. The Chedushi Arim says, the Mahalach has to be, you keep on doing mitzvahs. You did an Aveira, just keep going. Don't don't stop and wallow in it. Keep going, do the mitzvah, say toim, and that will lead you to Surmegat. But you've got to first keep going, keep shtak. And that's that's the Mahalak there. Chavitz Chaim says this in the Marshal. Chavitz Chaim is talking that everyone knows that the Silsi Sharm is based on the the, the Bryce of Rapinfus Ben Yoyer. So he starts with Zahirus and Zerius and Dusha, Parishus and they, all the way up to Ruach Akadish and you know. So he says that is for, you know, certain people can go with that mahalaf, that they can go. First, I'm a Zohir, I accomplished that. I'll be a Zoris, I accomplished that. Now I'll be, uh, you know, a Noki, I'll be Nikias and Precious. He says the average guy, if you're going to wait to perfect each Madrega, you're never going to get anything. You've got to keep climbing. He gives a marshal that the was a rich man, he had a servant or whatever, so he asked him one day to bring me a cup of tea. So he brings him the hot water and he looks in the hot water and it's filthy. So he says, Shaita, you gotta filter the water. You can't serve tea in dirty water. Before you serve the water, you filter it, get rid of all the impurities, and then you serve the tea. So I says, okay, boss, well, whatever you say. A few weeks later, there's a fire that breaks out. He tells, hurry up and bring the water. And the guy's waiting and waiting, and he says, the water's not coming, and the house burns down. He says, what took you so long? He says, I was filtering the water. He says, Shaita, when there's a fire, you don't have to filter the water, right? It doesn't have to be perfect water, as long as it poured on the fire and took out the fire. So the same thing, when a person is an Ayyad Hashem, if you're going to wait to get rid of the Ra before you can do the Toiv, well, it's a fire. The Yitzhar is an age. You gotta, you gotta just keep fighting the battle. You gotta keep doing mitzvahs and mice and tayman. You can't let the Yitzhar, the Yitzhar's goal is to get you to brochen and depressed to knock you down and say, I'm finished. I can't do any mitzvahs. Hashem doesn't want me. It's 
not true. Hashem wants you keep doing, keep working, keep doing mitzvahs, and build yourself up. So that was the machlekes. Yaakov, Yosef held, and Ashi represents the Sur Meirat, that's the Mahalach. And then comes the Frima, Yaakov said, no, it's not, it's not going to work that way. You first do the mitzvahs, and, and then you'll de- deal with the Ra. And so like the Kotzka says, Sometimes we're not holding on the madrega where we do a mitzvah and our heart is opened up to the mitzvah. We just go through the motions. He says, just go through the motions. Let the mitzvah sit on your heart. One day your heart will open up and will come in. Right? Let's let them be there in the right place. In the right moment will come. All of a sudden, you'll, you'll, you know, ka-ching, you'll, you'll hit the jackpot and all the mitzvahs will, 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 will go in. So that's... Uh, that's another Mahalach. There's the Mahalach of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky that mentioned once before, I think, that he says that when Yaakov gave the brothers to Ephraim and Menashe, so he, he introduces what he's saying to them, and he says, Ephraim and Menashe So he says, why is why is Yaakov doing this? Yaakov should be aware that he made this mistake before by favoring Yosef, and now he's telling his the rest of his children. By the way, Ephraim and Menashe, Yosef's children are going to be. Uh, he's getting the Bechayra, he's getting two Shvatim out of the deal. What, what's going on? He says, the Pshad is, he said, I'm nervous about them. They were born in Eretz Mitzrayim. They've been exposed to Egypt. Their homeland, their native land is, is Eretz Mitzrayim. They need special care. They need to be made into a special diet because their exposure... They didn't grow up in Eretz HaKadosh. They didn't grow up in Eretz Yisrael. They grew up in Egypt, right? Uh, which was uh, the, the, come out the worst place to grow up. And and so therefore, those Chananoil and Eretz Mitzrayim, they have to be, I, they have to feel that I love them like Ruben and Shimon. And then he says, Vaiter, when I came back from Padan Aram, then he says again, the Eretz Kenan. So why is he mentioning again? I mean, I came from Beis Lechem. Rochel was buried. Eretz Kenan again. Eretz Kenan. So he feels it's very important that they realize that their their the burial place of their grandmother is Eretz Kenan. He says you find in safe in the Chemia. The Chemia wanted to convince Daryovesh. Uh, that he wanted to go and rebuild Yerushalayim. So Dayovesh, who was also known as Hatir Shasa, that was Dayovesh was the cupbearer for Dayovesh. Means he would serve him as wine. Now, when you were the cupbearer of the king, you always had to have a smile on your face and you had to look jolly because the king was always nervous and someone was trying to poison him. And so you had to mamish make the king always happy. So that one day, Nehemiah didn't look too happy because he had just gotten word that the city of Yerushalayim was in shambles and the, the walls were broken and the people were suffering. And so he, he says to Dayovesh, he says, how can I, so Dayovesh says to him, you know, you don't look too good today. And, and Nehemiah got very nervous because when the king says you don't look good, that the next step is the gallows, right? So 
He says, how can I not look good? How can I look good if the city where my parents are buried is in shambles? So you see here the same idea that he's explaining that where my parents are buried is the place that means so much to me. That's my Kesha. That's my origin. That's where I come from. And that city is in shambles. I'm, I'm subrochen about it. So he wants Ephraim to understand your, your, your Bobby is married in Eretz Canaan. This is your homeland. This is your origin. This is where you come from. You're not Egyptians. You're Yidin. And so he takes a special Kesha with Ephraim. What's with Ephraim? So Kamenetsky says a fascinating thing. He says, if you look at the names of Egyptians, they all have names that have the letters Pei, Resh, and Ayin, at least two of the three. So you have Paro, Fishtetsa, you have Shifra and Pua, which are names that they get, Egyptian names, right? So he says, you have Tsofnas, Paneach, you have the Pei and the Ayin. So he says, Ephraim, is the pay and the race. That's an Egyptian name. And so Ephraim, not only was Ephraim given an Egyptian name, but Ephraim was born when Yosef said, Ki Ephraim I'm being successful over here. I'm being Masliach. So Ephraim has a certain affinity. So Yaakov says, I've got to be the car of this kid. You know, he's got to be... Uh, and so he wants to give him the greater bracha. Menashe spoke Yivrit, spoke Hebrew. He spoke Yivrit, and the brothers came, he was the interpreter. He had a shtickle shaychus to, to Yosef, to, to Klaal Yisrael. Ephraim didn't even speak Hebrew. He spoke Egyptian. He had an Egyptian name. He grew up when Yosef said, Ephraim, so Yaakov took a special... He learned privately with Ephraim. He tutored him. Right? You got to catch him up to the class, right? So he he took a special care. And and Meiser Yavkamenetsky says that's why you find the fascinating thing. Gemara says that Shevet Ephraim left Egypt thirty years before the rest of Claudius. Gemara in Sanhedrin says they were the Mason that Yecheskel brought back. Which was Machai Mason? Why? Because he says, you got to understand, if Zalmas Oretzkin says this also, this page in Chumash, he says, Ephraim grew up in Egypt. This was his homeland. His father was the greatest person alive. He saved the country. He saved the country from total destruction. He, he turned the country from being a country that would have been totally decimated to the richest country in the world. He made the pharaoh rich. He made everybody wealthy and well off. And now they turn around and they treat him like a slave. For them, it was very hard to find truck such a thing. How could you do that to me? I mean, we were we were your most trusty people. We, we saved your country. My father was, and you, you now you're treating me as a slave. They couldn't deal with it. It was too much for them, and so they left after thirty years before because they started counting the the. The, the 400 years from the Blishbein Absarim took place. And so they calculated, but they, were, they couldn't deal with it anymore. So Yaakov said, I have to put a front before Menashe. And Yaisa said, no, Menashe comes before, Menashe is greater. So I'll call upon him. That's a, those are three Mahalchim. Now, this last Mahaluch, I think, is very negative sort of Tevez, because the message over here is that Ephraim had to learn this is not his Mokim. Now, when you deal with Asura B'teves, we said this morning in Slichas that there are three tragedies that took place. On the eighth day, the Torah was translated into Greek. That's when the Talmud from Philadelphia got 70s of Canaan, 
and he told them to write the Torah. So there was a nace that they all wrote the same thing. But Lemaisa, the Torah now became part of the Goyish event. And so they have a day in Torah. The Torah now is sort of like assimilated, right? They, they made a movie, the Ten Commandments, right? And it, was, it became, you know, you're not looking at the movie and say, oh, that's how crazy I am. So look, wow, right? you know, and the, that was Moshe, Charles Heston, right? And so, you know, it, the, the whole perception is compromised, right? We have a whole different understanding because, the, you know, we can, we can be subjected to the, to the secular perspective of Torah. So it was a cheapening of the Torah. And then Ezra HaSoifer was Nifter on the ninth day. Now, what was his great accomplishment? He comes up there at Yisrael after his Rebbe dies. He brings, uh, he's the leader of Torah, and they tell him right away, there's a particular problem up here. We've got a major intermarriage situation going on. So what does Ezra accomplish? He gets rid of all the Goyesha women. He calls a meeting. He calls Klaus. Everyone has to come. We learned from Ovid, then of Hefker, based in Hefker. He says, if, nobody, if anybody doesn't show up, all is the Chosim are Hefker. Right? And, and the whole cloudy soul shows up. And um, then it turned out it was raining, and they, they couldn't meet. The rain was too, you know, uh, they complained that they, they couldn't, uh, they didn't have a, a stadium with a, with a you know, with the ceiling, whatever. So they, uh, so they, they ended up taking turns coming and meeting. But he got rid of every single Goyish wife, and so he he made sure that Klaus was rain and there was no mixture, right? And then Asarim Tevis was surrounded by the Yuma Soilum, and his relation says, "You brought the Goyim into your life. I'll bring them into your life, right?" You know. So each one of these, the message of Asarim Tevis is Klaus is an am to itself. And you can't assimilate. You can't mix it with the goyim. This is what Yaakov was afraid would happen to Ephraim and Menashe. That's why he wanted to show them the special kiruv, and that's um, <clears throat> how, how how things played themselves out. That's why he says all these things. And they saw like derech, they slechem eretz kanan slechem, and so um, he's trying as hard as he can to be makar of them, to make them realize they're part of Klal Yisrael. And Taka and Chanami, Ephraim and Menashe, Taka became great people. Yeshua came from Ephraim. Obviously, the Yaakov did something right. I mean, we have to realize that that's the message of Shabbat Tavis also. And um, our homeland is Eretz Yisrael, and um, our Shaykh is to Yiddishkeit, not to anything else. So, what a nice course on filming our last day. So we have a uh, Darius Hanukkah. We're going to look at the Shaman. The white fellow could go. So they say 